Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. This morning my message is called, Are You Fueled Up? Are You Fueled Up? It's a terrible uh, V8 impersonation there. But when you look at the word, you know, look at the sentence, are you fueled up? It implies two things, right? Being filled up, implying that maybe you're empty and needing and, and being filled up, and also being fueled up in terms of a vehicle or an engine, because engines are made for a purpose, right? It's made for a function, okay? So... In essence, what I'm going to be sharing about this morning is, are you filled up for the function or the purpose of what God has called you this morning? Let me just get back to page one here. So I bought a lawnmower recently, um, uh, a while back actually. I bought the cheapest one I could find because I thought, you know, all lawnmowers are the same. If I, um, you know, potato, potato kind of thing, but it ended up breaking down on me. Um, the muffler broke off. That's not. That's just a stock image. But the muffler broke off. Anyway, the whole thing just went shebang, and so I had to borrow a neighbour's lawnmower in the end to, to mow my grass. And uh, after a few weeks, I thought, okay, it's about time I replace this lawnmower. So I went back and I bought a really good lawnmower. Um, wasn't the top of the range, but it wasn't the lower end of the range either. I wanted something that was going to last me for a little bit. And um, one thing about if you know about cutting lawns is that you've got to prime the lawnmower, right? You put on your fuel. You put on your oil. And you've got to prime it three times. One, two, three. So without doing that, the lawnmower, the, the, the lawnmower is not going to work. It might have its fuel, but if you don't prime it with the oil, it's not going to start. It's not going to do what you want to do, right? So there's three things you know, that I did there. I, I purchased the lawnmower. I put in the fuel, which is the, the petrol. And then I had to you know, prime it with the oil as well. And if it runs out, you've got to fill it up all over again, right? And just like that with the Holy Spirit, there's three stages as well. Okay? You get born again. You get rebirthed in the Holy Spirit. You get your initial baptism in the Holy Spirit. Right? That's where in Acts 1 verse 8 it says that, you know, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Right? To the ends of the earth. And then the last one is, and if you're running a bit low on juice, get filled up again. Three stages. Now, a lot of people believe that that last stage, oh, it only happens once. You only get filled up with the Holy Spirit once. But that's not true. God wants to keep refilling you over and over again. Yes, there is an initial baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But there's lots of verses that talks about how we continually need to engage with the Holy Spirit so He can fill us up again. Right? If you're thirsty and you're parched, you had a drink of water yesterday... That's not going to be enough to sustain you through the rest of your life. You need to drink water again to refresh you over and over again. Otherwise, you grow tired, you grow stale, you grow boring. You know, we want to remain fresh. We want to remain lubricated in the Holy Spirit. Amen? So if we just go to John 14, 16 to 17, it might come up there. It says... And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. This is Jesus talking to his disciples before he left. 
that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So that helper, that word helper, um, is the word, is the Hebrew, is the um, Greek word paraclete. And it's, there's a lot of names for it, but uh, some of the um, translated words are words such as as uh, advocate, you know, he's your helper. Uh, he's your kind of person that's there to assist you in times of need. So this would have been really foreign to the disciples because they said, Jesus, you're going away. And he said, where I go, you cannot follow, but I'm going to send you somebody else that's going to be with you. Now, how, what good it is if he says to, to, to fulfill, I'm going to send you somebody, but he's going to be with you, and you're only going to encounter him once. And then for the rest of your life, you'll, just, you'll have a consciousness of him, but you'll never be able to engage with him ever again. Superficial, yeah. It's like, it's like uh, I won't, actually, I won't go into what it's like, but I mean, that would be terrible, Right? It's like God didn't say you're going to meet the Holy Spirit and you're just going to engage with Him once and that's it. You're just going to, uh, the, the, the Word, and, and if you want to know about what His will is for your life, just read the Bible and that will be enough. And yes, that's, that, that is our basis. Our Bible is the Word of God. And this is our basis of what we need to live our life by. But who knows that, that the Bible is, is living and breathing. And the Holy Spirit wants to give us uh, uh, interpretation, fresh interpretation daily that is individual to you that is applied to you alone for that time for that moment so you have strength for that day or for that season or to do or to face whatever problem you have isn't that awesome it's like having your own buddy in your corner it's like being in a boxing ring and you like and you go back into the ring and you know, into the corner and say okay now you got to do this da, 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 da. you know and then you just go back out and you just do exactly what what's been instructed to you and blow by blow you're taking ground because individual individual uh, uh, um, help individual instruction individual coaching to you for that present time isn't that awesome it's not a one size fits all the holy spirit's individual to each all of us because we all have our own relationship with him amen now I had a friend who um, this was intended for my daughter, I believe. Oh, for me, even better. Fruity drink, but it's actually water. See, I need my top up every now and then too, don't I? Excuse me. So I had a friend, and um, in my early days as being a Christian, both me and him were big film buddies loving film and we just immerse ourselves in the world of film we'd watch anything and everything because we thought if we wanted to be the best filmmaker we had to know everything that was out there so we watched all kinds of good films and we watched all kinds of junk as well and we know you know we've got to be careful with what we let into our eyes you know that Job was saying you've got to make a covenant with your eyes be careful what comes through your eye gate and um I remember this one guy, so this person was a spiritual leader in my life, a mentor, you know, a really awesome preacher, uh, just really awesome guy. He said to me, this new movie came out, and it wasn't even like a horror film, it was like a mainstream movie, it wasn't anything bad, nothing, nothing bad, or bad, right? And I said to him, oh, do you want to go see it? Let's go check it out. In the name of film, you know, being film buddies, let's go check it out, and we can put on a film hat, so we can talk film, we can, you know, go grab some McDonald's or something after, and just kind of uh, dissect the movie, and... Um, psychoanalyze and just you know do geeky stuff 
And he said to me, no, the Holy Spirit told me not to go watch it. I was like, hey, he didn't tell me that. But he told you. And I was struck with, and it wasn't so much, oh, why didn't he tell me? Oh, you know, he likes you more than me. It wasn't like that. But I was like, wow, this guy treasures his relationship with the God Most High so much that he will allow the Holy Spirit to tell him not to go do something that might seem okay. Like everything is permissible, right? But not everything is beneficial for you, okay? So what is the Holy Spirit asking you to just cut that out? And it might be something individual to you that is so precious to Him, but to somebody else it's like, they'll just roll their eyes at it, perhaps. And um, like for me, for instance, like, I used to listen to a lot of worldly music, and I know the first thing you know young Christians do when they get saved is they burn all their CDs, um, and then after a while they buy them back again. <laughs> Actually, that was a good band. Bob Marley wasn't that bad. I mean, come on, he was saved maybe. I don't know. <laughs> In between sessions, I don't know. But <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that. You know, there is a thing as consecration to God. You know, we have to become consecrated to God if we want to see Him do greater things in our life. We can't keep doing the things that we think we, you know, that we want and just think God's going to bring a greater glory to you. You know, light and dark can't exist in the same place. And there's so many things in our lives that we can just make an excuse for. Oh, that's okay. Really, it's not that bad. You know, maybe it's okay if I put on ACDC. It's okay. I used to listen to them when I was a teenager. That's okay. It just brings back old memories, man. The old days. It's like, no, maybe it's time for you to switch ACDC off and put on some gospel music and get what you need from God here and now and not from the devil back then. Amen. And that's what, that, that, so you just got to keep uh, sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing today. Because if you keep living in the yesteryear of what filled you up then, it's like using reused old crude oil and you're just pumping it through your engine and slowly by slowly that thing is just getting worn out. You want the fresh, you want the today, you want it straight from the throne room of God. Okay? And I'm totally off, off my message right here today. <laughs> So, are you full yet of God? And to be full of God, you've got to be empty of something. Look at that. That's a fuel gauge, and it's right up to past one. Filled up, overflowing, poured out. Isn't that, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, I, I think sometimes, like, if, we, if I died right now and went to heaven, would I even recognize what heaven looks like? Do you know what I mean? Or would it just be foreign to me? Like, have I got enough... Have I had enough exposure in the Holy Ghost, in God, you know, in the kingdom of heaven here today, that if I died and went to heaven right now, will I even recognize heaven? Or will it just be a foreign place to me? Like, man, this is way different, way better than what I thought. And why did I not put this in practice more in my life? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure a lot of the apostles, if they just came down right now and said, they'll look at us and we'll just look at them. And they're just functioning at a different plane in the Holy Ghost. You know, there was a man called Charles Finney. He would walk into towns and revival meetings and, and 
He will just walk past people and women would turn around and just like tremble in the fear of God and say, look, I want, what must I do to get saved? That would break down in front of him. Before we go into towns, children in the classrooms would go to their teachers and say, miss, what do I have to do to get saved? I need to give my heart to the Lord. Imagine emitting that kind of, you know, anointing like power out of your life by knowing the Holy Spirit and by laying down the things that that God wants you to lay down. So, our scripture text for the morning. Let's go to Ephesians 3.16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit and the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Say fullness of God. Say that I may be filled with all the fullness of God. Are you full yet? It's not a question to make you go, oh, condemn you. It's a question to make you go, wow, this is a challenge, right? It's like this different perspective here, right, guys? I need to get myself a camelback or something. So three things he says there in that scripture. He says he wants to strengthen you in the inner man, number one. So this implies that we need spiritual strength. And and implying also that if we don't have that spiritual strength, that we will be weakened without it. Okay? That he's got what you need. Number two, he wants to dwell in your hearts. That's the second promise that we can see from that that, um, scripture. To know and through him dwelling in your hearts that you to know his love and for his love to encourage us. Number three. Did I have them in the wrong order? He wants to fill you up with all the fullness of God and that he knows that what we have is not enough for his purpose. Who's feeling like, man, I am living my full purpose in God. I am on the mountaintop right now. I am like overflowing and, you know, I'm just, I'm just exploding on the inside for Jesus. (laughs) I mean, if you are, that's awesome, you know, but for those that aren't, because I know I'm not. I know I want more of God. And it's not like I wake up every morning and go, oh, I don't want to get out of bed because I know I don't have what it takes. It's like, no, I want to get out of bed because I'm going to get what it, what it takes. Amen? So if we go to a few verses before in Ephesians 3.10, it says, His intent or purpose was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose that He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'll read that one more time because this one's a bit loaded. This is, the, this, is the, this is the one I want to take note here, guys. His intent, this is God's intent, is that now through the church, which is you guys, that He wants to make the manifold wisdom of God, which is Him, to be made known to the rulers and the authorities, which is the devil and all his cronies, and the heavenly realms. 
according to His eternal purpose that He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you see what He wants to do here? He wants Himself to be made known through you to the devil. So the devil can look down and say, that's Shane. Got to watch out for him. He's a man of God. He's going to make damage against us. We need to watch out, you know? You know, or Phil, you know, or Simon, or Peter, everybody in this room. He's saying, we've got to watch out for that person. They're filled. They're full. They're eating their breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the Holy Ghost. God's purpose is to fill you up with the power of the Holy Spirit to do the signs and wonders promised to us in the Word. Individually and corporately, we want to be living a lifestyle that is not only contradictory to this world, but when people notice us, they see an inspiration. Through you, He wants to manifest His glory. Isn't it awesome when you like go on Facebook or whatever and there's all these people that just excel in something? Like you watch, you just scroll through your feed or whatever and you just see like a, you know, uh, an individual or a group of people for that matter. And it could be sport, it could be anything, it could be whatever for that matter. And it's like, wow, this person is just excelling. They're at the top of their game. You know, it's like, wow, what did this person do to get there? And you're like, wow, it's admiration for them. And I'm not talking about, hey, let's want to do this to take the spotlight that's not what what it's about but the Holy Spirit when God says he wants to glorify himself through you to me that implies that he wants to do something amazing because our God is amazing right we're not he didn't make us and create us so we can just sit in the back room and just have minimal impact and just do the bare minimum and that's it you know the Bible talks about the kingdom of God always advancing it's like you know, 11 bread that just keeps increasing, increasing. There's constant talk about how the Holy Spirit wants to empower us to do amazing things for Him. Amen? And it's not so much about reaching an end goal of now I'm here, now I've got a platform, or now I've got a place where I have a, a, a level of influence, but it's about the journey as well. It's like, how can you make impact today in the Holy Ghost? How can you take ground today in the Holy Ghost? You know, it's not about getting a thousand people saved and think, oh, now I've arrived. This is where God's wanted me the whole time. No, it's about get up in the morning, make your bed. For some people, that is taking ground in the Spirit. I, watch, I always say this to, um, to people that I meet, you know. Um, <laughs> Pam's like... Don't say it, Pam. Don't say it. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm tuning in to the Holy Ghost and to the voice of my wife here. <laughs> Wrong illustration. <laughs> like Wingy Pratney. Suck my words back in. Oh, it's good to laugh, isn't it? So, Ephesians 6.12, did I, did I put that on there? Yeah, cool. You all know this scripture, right? 
So we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And right there, it's like wrestle, 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 wrestle. We do not wrestle. It's like, okay, so God's saying, okay, there is a wrestling going to have to take place sometime in your life. It's not just going to be rolling over, tapping out all the time. At some point, you're just going to have to wrestle. You're just going to have to get your... Ah! Just wanted to do that. You know, the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion. Seeking, you know, prowling around, seeking who might... If he's a lion, then what are we? Are we little cubs? <laughs> Where's our growl in the spirit? Amen? <laughs> is that you, Benjamin? Or is that you, Christine? I don't know. Amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> Preach it. Uh, okay, let's get into this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and the heavenly place. So who's doing that? We should be doing that. Amen. I think in all of us, there should be this, uh, 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 like being fed up. I'm fed up of where I'm at. You know, I'm fed up with, with, with having to deal with, um, you know, uh, not going to the next level in the Holy Spirit, not getting the freedom that I'm, that I'm wanting. I'm fed up with, you know, uh, not seeing as many uh, healings as I used to or, 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 or whatever it is, like just breakthrough in the Spirit, whatever that looks like for you. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, like when are we going to reach the point where it's like, ah, you know, the Bible talks about groanings, uh, um, you know, birth pangs that words cannot express. You know, when a woman gives labor, and again, I'm not, a, I'm not an authority on this subject, um, but, you know, there's definitely you know, a groaning that goes on. There's definitely, uh, uh, the Bible talks about, you know, the groanings, birth pangs, you know, the words that cannot be expressed. It's like, ah, giving birth to something in the spirit, right? That's what the Bible talks about. But we may laugh about that, but that's the truth. It's like through labor and toil, women give birth. You know, they, 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 have, this, they have this baby in their, their stomach for nine months, and then, you know, through a lot of just, you know, pain, really, and just, you know, it comes out, and it's a glorious thing. It's a beautiful little baby. It's the glory of God. And that's what we ought to carry as well. There's got to be this, ah, come on. Jesus, next level. I am fed up with where I'm at. I want to see the devil run. I don't want to see the devil running after me. There's, there's an old, um, what's his name? Hagen, Kenneth Hagen. He was telling the story. And um, he asked his fellow preacher, he said, How you going, pastor? Oh, I got the devil running. Got the devil running. Problem is he's running after me. This is a story that somebody told Kenneth Hagin, not Kenneth Hagin telling the story, because I don't think Kenneth Hagin would put up with that stuff. Sometimes you just got to tell the devil to get out in Jesus' name. Come out of my mind. Come out of my room. Come out of my house in Jesus' name. Come out of my kids in Jesus' name. Get in my car. When I drive, I'm going to listen to preaching. I'm going to put on worship music. I'm not just going to be like Shamba. I'm going to just blast down the heavens and say, Jesus! 
I need you. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I go into, um, into meetings, um, hey Ben, Ben's like, Daddy? Daddy? When I go to business meetings, I'm driving in my car. What's that? In a three-piece suit. Not in this weather. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm driving and I'm like, you know, because you're meeting people in the corporate world and, you know, it's the world, right? And uh, it's all about who's got this and who's got what and he said, she said. And you got, you got to bring your A game. So, um, but I know that at the end of the day, like this, there's a scripture I always live by. It says, a horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory is of the Lord. You've got to do your part, and God's going to do the rest. If you turn up and you brush your teeth and do your hair, you're halfway there. Get yourself dressed, get ready, go to the meeting, do all your preparations. And on the way there, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I speak breakthrough in this meeting. I ask for the anointing. I ask for the angels of warfare just to go ahead in Jesus' name to prepare the way. Father, I pray for favor in this meeting, Father. I pray for the right words. I just pray for, you know, I just keep going like this. I'll just keep going, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll just, I'll just see like this, this, just like a sonic boom in the spirit, like, okay. Now I'm functioning in the rest and in the peace and in the ease of the Holy Spirit. Where before I was like, <laughs> now I'm like, it is done. God said it is done. And even if I don't get it, I'm like, at least I know that I am functioning in faith in God and in the rest and the peace of God than being this anxious kind of blubber mouth. Do you know what I mean? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. So, okay. Okay, I need to wrap up now. Okay. You can tell I haven't done this much, right? I haven't practiced the art of eloquence yet. <laughs> um, okay, so how will God strengthen and fill you up? Right? How's how's this going to happen? How do we how, how do we do this? Excuse me. Number one, I think I got these slides in the wrong order, but it doesn't matter. Number one, acknowledge your empty, hungry, and long to be filled. That's key number one. Realize you need God. End of story. Okay. Realize that what you have is not enough. It's not going to cut the mustard. It's not your beautiful looks. It's not the way you dress. It's not the car you drive. It's not your position. It's not any of those things that's going to bring what you need. Okay, what you need is the Holy Ghost. And you need to realize that at the end of the day, you have nothing to give God, but He's got everything to give you. And that you're empty and that you long for Him to fill you up. So you gotta, you got to get rid of all the things of the flesh that are holding you back. You gotta, if there's any jealousy, if there's anything that's not of God in you, you gotta lay that down. If there's any striving in you, you gotta lay that down. If there's any anything that you're building in your life that's not on his foundation, you gotta you just gotta allow God to just topple that thing and give it to him. You know, I went through years and years of struggling with identity because I wanted to be the next kind of film star, whatever. And I said to God, God, I'm done with this. Like, I just, I just want to give this whole thing to you where 
I'm happy just to do whatever it is that you want me to do. And that when I think about that, it doesn't have a hook on me anymore. It's like, always pulling, something's always pulling in one direction. You know, it's like the Bible says, die to yourself, die to your ambitions. Starve yourself of any worldly dependency, anything that you're drawing from to give you sustenance that's not of God, it's got to go, right? There's a scripture that says, uh, do not get drunk on wine, rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's people here that still need their wine every night. You've got to ask yourself, why do I still need my wine every night? There's still people that still get drawn to certain things. They have certain things that are just hooking them in all the time. It's like, it's like clockwork. Yeah, tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, I've got to do this. It's like there's certain patterns that people, you know, and I'm, I just want to be careful with what I'm saying here because I know for some people they need that to function, and I'm not taking that away from you, but what I'm talking about is an unhealthy dependence on something that you know is giving something to you or that you're drawing something from that's not God, that God wants to replace with you know if you keep filling yourself up or it keeps and you might not even doing be doing this consciously it could be subconscious because if you keep doing that then do you think God's gonna give you the glory that he wants for you in that part of your life he's not going to maybe it's not that he's not wanting to but it's because you're not allowing him to do not get drunk on wine but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit I remember, you guys all know the story, I was 18, and I grew up in church my whole life, and I was doing kind of, you know, I smoked dope, you know, a few times, and I was starting to head down a, a wrong path, and um, uh, the Holy Spirit came and filled me up. I was on the floor for a good half an hour, rolling around, and I was a young, insecure man, and uh, in a room full of uh, spirit-filled Anglicans, and um, God was just touching me. I was like, this is awesome. God is real. And this is an 18-year-old being in church his whole life, still asking the question, is God real? You know, can God give me what I need? And, I, and it's the spirit of life. God is the spirit of life. Number two, zeal. Now, the way that I, I like this, yeah! Can you feel it? Can you just hear it? Just, just hear it. Just hear it. That's the side of all of you. Awesome, eh? I love that movie. Because when I watch it, I think about Gideon and his 300. You know, God can turn everything around for his glory. I watch that and I glorify God. That's what God wants to do in all of us. Leonidas, Gideon. Okay. Righteous zeal is righteous indignation, what I was talking about before. You know, in 2 Timothy 1.6, it says, Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God, zeal, stir up the gift of God which is in you, which you received through the laying on of my hands. This is uh, Paul's letter to Timothy. Sometimes you just got to get in your car, get in your room and say, you know what, Father, I just, those prophetic words, I just speak it over my life right now and just see yourself as, who, as who's God spoken over your life and just just command a blessing and say, you know, I am blessed. You know, I am a warrior for God. You know, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You know, I will, you know, I will lay hands on the sick and they will recover in Jesus' name. 
even the, even the, you know, all the sicknesses, everything will come to bow at the foot of Jesus, the Holy Spirit without measure in my life. And you just got to just pray in the Holy Ghost. Like, like I said before, sometimes you just don't know what it is that you want, but it's like, ah, it's like our words sometimes are a bit slow to catch up with what our spirit is actually after. And that's why praying in the Holy Ghost is something that every believer should be doing because it's there, like Rodney Howard Brown said, he said, it's your hotline to heaven. It's your own unique uh, spiritual language where it's like you're praying mysteries, you're praying the perfect will of God for your life and maybe for somebody else around as well. And you're just like laboring, praying, and you're just making, taking ground in the Spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's just... Get into the Holy Ghost. Like I, I, I remember one day I was a young man, and I was growing fed up. And I said to my, um, I said to my leader, I said, "Look, man, I, I want to experience more of God." He said, "Well, why don't you just lock yourself up in a room for a day and see what happens?" So I took him on that challenge. I turned on my phone off. I was a young student before, um, before I met Pam. I'm sure I wouldn't have done that if I had met Pam. I couldn't make a day without him. And uh, I locked myself in my room for a whole day. No, no disturbances. All my mates were at work. And I was like, Jesus, come. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what the Bible says, right? It says, go and put yourself in your quiet room, you know, like Matthew 6, 6, right? What you do in secret, God's going to reward you with openly. So I did that. And I'm praying. I'm just warfaring. And man, I remember it was maybe halfway, three quarters of the day of laboring, you know, and I'm just felt this, this breakthrough in my room. And I was like, I felt like a stoner actually, but I was like, whoa, man. It was like the glory cloud turned up. It was like this thick mist. I could see it in the room. It's like, whoa. I was like, God, this is awesome, you know. I was just like glorifying him. It was like all of a sudden, all my natural kind of um, longings or whatever was just was gone. And I was me and, and the acknowledgement and the, um, you know, just the presence, the tangible presence of God was in the room. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And I was just like, just, I felt like it was under the water, just swimming, bathing in the glory of God. And it was just me and the glory of God, and I was just enjoying it. And God just ministered to me, you know, for ages, and I was like, wow. It's like, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. Now, I'm not saying, you know, every day. I'm just saying, let's form a relationship with Him where we have the access and the ability to do that, to get filled up and fueled up for Him. I'll just finish with this one last story. You know, God really wants to, really wants to use you guys, eh? He really wants you guys to, to have a hunger and a thirst after righteousness, after more. And I think it's really healthy that, look, the Bible says that, you know, con- contentment is, you know, Godliness without contentment is great, you know, with, with, with contentment is great gain. Like, we've got to have this contentment with where we are but it doesn't mean that we have to be complacent, right? There's a difference between being content and being complacent with where we're at. And it's healthy to want more. It's healthy to have this, you know, God, I, I'm wanting more of your spirit in my life. I'm, I want to see, it's like when I go to heaven, I want to be like, yep, this is home. This is, what I've, this is what I've been made aware of while I was on earth. This is me coming home. And I want to make myself a vessel that have laid everything down that I feel could personally be holding me back from the glory of God in that area of my life. Any insecurities, any, any um, 
any striving, you know, any, any kind of, any sin issues that are holding us, us back. It's like, if you've got a reoccurring sin issue with, you know, with God or with anything or with an individual or unforgiveness in your heart, you know, he wants to, he wants you to put that before him. And if you need to do that daily, then do that daily. If you have your time in prayer, do that, lay it down and ask God to come and fill you up. That's what we've got to have. We've got to have this longing, guys. Seriously, this is something we want, we want to have. We should want to have more than anything. Because I'm watching my kids grow up and, you know, I was 18 when I first met the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm hoping that a lot earlier in their life, they will recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. And so they can start their healthy dependency on the Holy Spirit a lot earlier in their life. So they don't have to grow up lusting after what the world is wanting to give to you as replacements. So I was going to share the story, but I, I, I won't. But if I could just have you all please stand to your feet. Thanks, Pete. And I want to read something for you. This is something that's written by a lady. I think it's really precious. I think it's really special. And um, she says, she wrote, and you guys might recognize this. She writes, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous, or get up here to deliver an awesome prophetic word? Actually, who are, we, who are you not to be? We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. You, I, we are children of God, your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. 